Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Ray Dinger, Glenn Mack now. Ray, speaking of annual uh, traditions, it will be the, I believe, 15th year we've been doing the last fan standing pool. Mm-hmm. People have been asking me about it, and I've been very quiet about it. Uh, I will just tell you, it's, it should be up by the end of this coming week. Um, we're working on it. It's amazing, just behind-the-scenes stuff. When we do this thing every year, the amount of like legal work you've got to go through and corporate stuff you've got to go through. and There's a lot of hoop jumping that we have to do every year to do it, but yeah. we, we are currently doing that. Thank you, Brian Cole. Who handles most of that for us? I never knew how involved it was. Oh yeah, it's it's a, well. You listen. You had to go to that same seminar I did that covered a lot of legal issues, including contests. Right. A lot of governing of contests by the FCC. Apparently so, more than I realized. And this is one with a very good prize, a big championship ring at the end. So we're doing all that. We're setting it up. Uh, should be up by the end of the week. If you follow me on social media, Twitter at Real Glenn Mac now, Facebook's just. My name, Glenn Macnow. I'll be posting about it on a regular basis. Hope that you get in. We had 26,000, I think, last year in the last fan standing pool. Uh, great championship ring, championship ring for Mark's Jewelers, the prize, and we will be doing it yet again. It was presented right here at Delaware Park. Yeah. Remember? Uh, yeah. And, a, and a young lady won. Yeah, she was great. Um, I was going to give you my idea for a stupid football bet, but I believe Wes from Dublin might be reading my mind. Wes. Yes, hi. Let me get you off speaker real quick. I'm sorry. Please. La, la, da, do, do, do. Wes, you with us? I think we might have lost Where'd him. Where did he go for the speaker? All right, well, he left. All right, well, he's gone. In that case, I'm going to present it myself. Actually, I'll start with a question. Ray Dinger? Yes. What do you think of Nelson Aguilar's performance the other night? Encouraging. Encouraging. Well, well, what do you want to, a little bit. What do you want me to say? I mean, he's got, uh, yeah, he had two catches. I thought the catch down the seam was a nice catch. Nice catch. Looked he's, pretty good. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's doing, he's catching the ball with more assurance. He's catching the ball with his hands. He's not trying to trap it against his body. That's, that, to me, is a sign of a receiver that's starting to gain a little bit of confidence. Confidence. That's what's that's, been holding him that, back that, these two years. I've always felt that. It's just, it's just a matter of, of believing that he's, that he's good enough to play up here. Exactly. And maybe he is. He's got a big role now. Mm-hmm. Traded Jordan Matthews. He gets the gig. Mr. Slot receiver. Third year. Breakout year. Feeling good. Mm-hmm. Hmm. He's, going to get, you know, he's certainly going to get some opportunities. 
It looks like he's right now he's the, uh, he's the number one guy in the slot. And you've been a fan since they, the night they drafted him and we were doing the show. And I remember you and Ike Reese said, it's a nice pick, that kid from Michigan State. I thought so. Well, USC. USC, excuse me. But, uh, you know, I mean, he was. Why tw- was I thinking Jason Avant first? That's uh, exactly what I thought. <laughs> For some reason, he was well, Jason no, Avant to me. No, no, you were saying Ike Reese. And, and saying yeah. Ike Reese put you in a Michigan yeah, yeah. State frame of mind. Right, right, right. But, no, he's a USC guy. And I, you know, I'm a 20th pick in the first round. I said, good. I mean, when they were. In the, in the minutes leading up to that pick, when I was looking at the board and seeing who was available and given the Eagles' needs at the time, I said it. I said, right here, I'd, I'd, take, I'd take Nelson Aguilar. And it uh, turned out they took him, and I said, wow, that's a good pick. I like him. I think he's a good player. And here we are, three years later, still trying to figure out whether he's got a role in the NFL. Well, now he's going to have an opportunity. And more than just getting an opportunity, I think he, they need him to perform. I mean, they, they need him to step up and take hold of this job. And so, therefore, Ray... Uh huh. Maybe we have an opportunity. All right. What's your proposition? I don't know the number yet, but uh-huh. maybe a little over or under on Aguilar. I've thrown the question out on social media. I would go catches. If you want to do yards, we could do yards, but I would go with catches. Uh huh. Um, I just asked on Twitter. I'm waiting for the, you know, the, 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 I threw the net out. We'll see what fish come back. Mm-hmm. Possibility? Possibility. Let's so see what always, else. Let's, let's, been your guy. Let's see what else has been proposed. He, he has been my guy. Mm-hmm. He has been my guy. I thought the other night, you know, he didn't get much of an opportunity in Green Bay. Um, the one ball, people say he, they thought he should have come down with it. I mean, that was kind of a tough catch. I don't know, but um, the catch he made, the, the catch he made the other night was a pretty good catch. So, I, I really want to see. I really want to see him succeed because he, he's he's a good kid and he really works hard. He's. I mean, he really. He, I mean, he's a guy that really applies himself, and it just hasn't worked out for him. I'd like to. I'd like to see him click. And, put, and besides all that, they need him to perform. And they, Ray, they need. They need that slot receiver to be part of this offense. His success would be the Eagles' success. Mm-hmm. His success would be Ray's success. Oh boy! Oh boy! You're I'm really. You're really. This. You're. You're really working me on well, this one. Well, you know, we all have our favorites. We all have the guys we like. We all have the guys that you know. They come up. It's kind of my guy. Uh-huh. This is your. I wouldn't want to steal him from you. I wouldn't want to take the over because I, I wouldn't want to insult you that way. I see. As large as it may be, as high as expectations are for this kid, and they're high, they're sky high. I, I wouldn't want to steal I, I, him from I, you. I, you're really overstating it. I, I think there's as much skepticism. Of, I think there's there's as much skepticism about him now as there ever was. I think there are a lot of people that say he's got the opportunity, and more people that are telling him he's not equal to it. Skeptics be damned, Ray. You and I know. Oh, you're, oh, you're really. The more you, the more you talk, the more I'm convinced that you're trying to sandbag me on this. Hey, you never know. Let's go to John. John, you're on 94 WIP. Yeah, what's going on, guys? Hello, John. I um, want to talk to Ray about a little college football, but Glenn, mm-hmm. I heard you had a problem with the uh, getting something to guard your eyes. If you want to watch that. Yeah, uh, I want to. I got to find but, those uh, those glasses that originally were two bucks, and now they look like they're fifteen, twenty bucks. But that's okay. I'll invest that so that I don't go blind. Well, here's... It's funny, Not the first time I've been told I'd go blind, Ray. Yes, go <laughs> ahead. As, as soon as I got in the car, I heard you talking about it. I actually, um, you know, I went to Harbor Freight Tools, mm-hmm. and there was a guy in front of me buying a welding mask for him and his family to sit there and use that to watch with a 20% off coupon. I believe he paid probably less than 40 bucks just for the mask. He bought other things, too, so it's hard to see exactly how much he paid. 
Mm-hmm. But you can get a welding mask. Wait, a welding the- a welding mask? Is that like what Homer Simpson wears in the opening credits? <laughs> right? It, yeah. it tips it's down. Like a, a tint. Wow. It's a strong tint, you know, because the welder flash is so yeah. strong it can blind you. God, that seems so a little you, you excessive. you put that on, uh-huh. and you can use that to watch it. All right, why don't you go to college football while I ponder that? Ask Ray your college uh, right. football question. Ray, yeah. what do you think with Louisville being ranked right now so low? I believe they're at uh, 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, do you think they belong there? I kind of believe uh, Louisville should be up a little higher. They're, they're way behind Penn State, which I don't see Penn State making the playoffs. I see Louisville making the playoffs way before Penn State. Well, I guess part of it depends on, on, on how you evaluate the Big Ten, the relative strength of the Big Ten. Um, I mean, Penn State's coming off a really good year, and they got a lot of their players back. So um, I'm, if, you're, if you're asking me, am I surprised that Penn State is, is higher in the preseason rankings than Louisville? I, w- I would say no. I think, I think most people think that Penn State uh, is, is going to be a good team. I mean, and, uh, and I've, I've seen more projections of them making the playoffs than not this year. So their expectations are, for that team are pretty high. Louisville's, I think Louisville's just seen as, as a team that's kind of on the fringes of that. I mean, I think they're going to be good, but I don't, if you ask me right now who I think is going to be the better team this year, I would probably, I would probably lean towards, towards the Nittany Lions. Okay. I got, I got nothing to add to that. Um, just, uh, is, I, I want to just continue talking. We'll get back to the phones in a second. We've got a full board, and I don't want to make people hold forever, but we were talking about the receivers. We'll get back to and, into Aguilar uh, in a moment. Did you see anything, Ray, as this game, as, again, as much as you can judge from this game, because Wentz and the offense did nothing the first, what, three times they had Three it. series. Then they had a decent drive, uh, a couple catches by Alshon Jeffrey. He ends up fumbling it. They lose possession. But it was, it was a decent drive. And then they go to the backups. And I, I, I can't judge anything when Matt McGloin is throwing rainbows. He, he passes like it's a punt. <laughs> Okay. He just he throws it straight up in the air. They're yeah. awful. That's it, it, everything's it a hail mary with this guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, did you see anything during the game that gave you any clarity on the wide receiver position, kind of as it extends past Jeffrey and Aguilar? And by the way, Torrey Smith does Has, not have a catch. Does, yet. Doesn't have a catch. Yeah, uh-uh. doesn't have a catch. I, I don't. I don't know if that worries me much. Um, but, but I think again, this kind of gets to the point of how. How important I think Thursday night's game is against the Dolphins. You have to begin developing some rhythm and some continuity in the offense, and you got to get those guys involved. I want to see Wentz connecting with Jeffrey more. I want to see him connecting with Smith some. I want to see the offense beginning to click because I mean you got a lot of new pieces there. You, you do. I mean you got Jeffrey is new and Smith is new and Blunt is new, uh, and these guys all have to be in sync. They all have to be in rhythm going into the start of the season because you got two tough road tests coming right out of the box. So this is a really important week for them to begin to establish those kinds of things. Um, as far as the receivers the other night, Hollins, you know, Hollins had the really good, had the really good play in Green Bay. Wasn't much of a factor the other night. Uh, I, the thing that concerns me with Jeffrey, and this is one of the things I want to see them do with him. Um, and they really got to really work on this is they got to get, they got to get a a feel for each other, the quarterback and the receiver in the red zone, because really that's that's a big big part of why you wanted him. 
with his size, with his leaping ability, his catch radius, one of the big reasons you signed him, in addition to him just being a good receiver generally, was you were looking to him to be a big red zone weapon. And they have to start developing that. That's, that's the thing that I want to see them develop. I mean, when they go, and I thought that the decision that Peterson made after three three and outs to leave him in there and go back to one more series, but go to a hurry up, go to a tempo yeah, offense, yeah. I thought was very smart because yes. that was a way to just kind of get them going and getting them in a little bit of a rhythm. And, uh, and I thought that was, I give Doug credit for that because a lot of people question, geez, he's coming out for another series, but to come out and run no huddle there was a good opportunity for them to get a little something established, which they did. Uh, and you saw Jeffrey catch a couple little quick slants and got his hands on the ball, but you, know, you didn't get him to just catch those balls. You got him to catch deeper balls. You need him to catch the balls to the outside, and particularly you need him to be a factor down in the red zone. I hope, I hope they have some of those opportunities this week because that's uh, that was a big. That's one of the things he does well, and it's one of the things that this team really needs. Agreed, Steve. You're on ninety four WIP. Hey, Glenn and Ray. Good morning. Hi, Steve. Good morning. I'm out walking my beagle, Ray. I know you're a guy. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, the point I wanted to make is around the running game. I, I very much agree with everything you're saying about continuity and rhythm. We got to see some of the, that's got to start happening. Um, one of the things that having played football, coaches now, and watched a lot of it, one of the things that's interesting is the guys that, uh, when it comes to longevity in running the ball, mm-hmm. the guys that, that, are, that have that longevity, they tend to know when to get their feet up, get the landing gear up, get mm-hmm. the feet off the ground. And I think part of the reason Doug, I'm hoping this, is running – uh, guys like Blunt outside is that's where it's, it's a little bit safer there, right? Uh, up the middle is where things get congested at times, and when you hit traffic, you can get hit from every side. And I think in the first couple games, I think they're kind of looking out for them. What do you hmm. guys think? Well, I guess that's one way of looking at it. I um, I look at a guy like Blunt, to, uh, you know, a 250-pound guy that you brought in to be a you know, between the tackles runner, to have him running laterally is, I mean, that play has no chance, no chance of success. A, a, a 30-year-old, 250-pound back shouldn't be running stretch plays. Um, I mean, if you, if you want to run outside, if you want to do that kind of thing, whether it's to, to work with your offensive line, get your offensive linemen in, in, ter- in terms of learning how to block to the edges and the block the angles and all that kind of stuff, if that's what it's really about, then you need to put a back in there who can run that play. Um, you didn't bring LeGarrette Blunt in here to run those plays. I mean, that's if when the regular season, you're not going to be asking him to do that. So even though it's a preseason game, I don't know why you'd be doing it now. I, I don't know what you gain by that. He's not going to have much success, and I don't know that you're going to learn a whole lot that you don't already know. Um, so, yeah, that, that to me was puzzling. I mean, there's a lot of questions now being asked about Blunt. He's had two very mediocre games. But, again, I don't know that you've really seen him do the things that you brought him in to do, which is play power football, run it between the tackles. Um, and the other thing he does pretty well, which I think you'll see him do during the regular season, is uh, he, he, he's pretty good on the screen pass. He 
as a veteran player, he knows the timing of the screen pass. He knows how that works. And I think they're going to use him in that role a lot. But mostly that's what it's going to be. It's going to be power football. It's going to be running it, picking up short yardage, and in the passing game being a, being a weapon in the screen because he yeah. does run that well. You're not going to be seeing him run laterally during the regular season. Yeah, guess what deja vu I'm getting with that guy. DeMarco Murray? Oh, gosh, yes. <laughs> exactly. It was, when, when he, it was the first play of the game. <clears throat> right? Doug gives him the ball. Mm-hmm. He tries to run around the left side of the offensive line. Right. Um, somebody blows away. Who did they blow away? Lane Johnson? Lane, Lane Johnson. Was, yeah, was, blows away Lane yeah, Johnson. Yeah, Jer- Jerry Hughes was killing Hughes, Lane Johnson. Right. Blows him away, Put you know, kind of stops him in the backfield, and he gets tackled for a two- or three-yard loss. And I'm thinking, man, I watched that play a couple of years ago too many times. Mm-hmm. God, please tell me that's not going to be it. I don't think it will. <laughs> I, I, but, I, but I'd be less than honest if I didn't tell you I had the same thought. Oh, yeah. I think every Eagles fan said, like, wait a second, where's, where's Chip? Yeah, I've seen, I've seen this movie before. Uh-huh. Um, to, me, to me, it was just it was just very odd play calling, why you would run those plays with that particular player, because I don't think, I just don't think it's a fit. I, and even though it's a preseason, I don't know what you're trying to accomplish. I don't know what you can possibly learn. I mean, he's never going to run that play for you. Why run it now? Correct. Scott, you're on 94 WIP. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey. Always enjoy the show. Thank you. Yeah, I, I only had a stupid bet, but mm-hmm. when that guy called about Penn State and Louisville, it kind of got me fired up because, you know, look, the reality is Penn State didn't make the playoffs last year because they started the season unranked. And if they had been in the top 20, they would have gotten that one extra position they needed to, to make it a no-brainer since it was such a – a, a really difficult decision, I'm sure, for whoever selected them. So with all those players coming back, it's going to come down to whoever wins between them and Ohio State for making that uh, playoff this year. So When and where is I that game? It's in Ohio State, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Late, my, early, late? It's, it's later. I don't think it's uh, – because, okay. you know, they still have, like, Michigan State and stuff right. like that afterwards usually. Right. So, uh, you know, but there's no time to recover for either team at that point. So mm-hmm. that is the game. Okay. And I think it's in October. All right, what's October, uh, what's your stupid football bet? Well, this this all comes down to discipline because the Eagles, I don't know, I, I guess every team has it, but uh, it always seems like they rip our hearts out when they do something stupid when uh, someone scores a touchdown. So I would do an over and under on how many touchdowns get called back due to stupid penalties. Gosh, that's the bleakest. Thank you. That's the bleakest suggestion I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> the one we always get, and I think we've actually considered, is Jason Peters' false starts. Yes. As Jason Peters We actually is, considered one year, to show you how far back this goes, we were actually thinking about false starts with Todd Harriman's one year. Is that right? Yeah, we, we talked about it. We didn't, we went, we didn't do it, but that was one of the that. ones we okay. discussed was false starts by Todd Harriman. As Peters is wrapping up a potential Hall of Fame career, I don't really particularly feel like betting on that no. aspect of it. No. And I don't think you do either. So. No. I don't want to go there. How many, how many will be called? I, I mean, I don't want to bet that, but top of my head, I'd say, what, four and a half, five, something like that? Is that a – what would you project as a number? False starts? No. Touchdowns called back oh, during touch- the year. Well, he was saying touchdowns called back by stupid penalties. Yeah, that's – yeah. That's, do, do, is, does that mean every penalty was a stupid penalty? Yes. Okay, because suppose it's a play where – 
the offensive lineman pulls down a defensive lineman who's going to kill your quarterback, that's not a stupid penalty. No, but I don't think you can quantify stupid. So That's what I mean. That's Touchdowns that, that, called back by penalty. I don't want to bet it, but if I were putting a number on it, I'd go like five, five and a half. Well, if you, if you include special teams, you know, because you usually always have at least one kick return wiped out by a penalty. Uh-huh. All right. Yeah, I would say five is probably right. a reasonable number. But we're not betting it. Ray, coming up, what we're watching, as you know, I've been deep diving into Game of Thrones. I know you have. My wife and I watched four episodes yesterday. Wow, Judy's still hanging in there with She's you, huh? She's the best. Abs- she watched a guy get his pinky sawed off yesterday and stayed to tell the tale. I didn't know that she, she had that kind of tolerance for gore. No, nor did I. But I'm watching another show as well on Netflix. It's called Ozark. Coming up, I'm going to review that right here on 94 WIP. Hey, Glenn Mack now here. It's hot outside. If your home's AC isn't doing the job it should, it's time to get it checked. Be cool. Call on Adam Mechanical Heating and Air Conditioning, the experts, for 15 years. Now, Adam Mechanical is built on being trustworthy, whether that's making sure your current unit runs to its best or helping you find a new one. They're honest upfront pricing and 0% financing. Let me tell you this again. 0% financing for five years. If you live in Delco or Montgomery counties, be cool. Go to adammechanical.com or call 484-275-0700. That's 484-275-0700. Sports Radio 94, WIP 2020 Sports. I'm Ed Benkin. The Phillies and Giants play again tonight at 9.05. You can hear the game on 94 WIP. Coverage begins with leading off at 8 with Ruben Frank. It was a rough night in San Francisco for the Phillies and Zach Eflin last night as Pete McCannon watched Eflin give up six runs and seven hits. Uh, he didn't have command of his secondary stuff, nor did he have good command of his fastball. So it was basically, he, he really just didn't pitch well. Phillies are now 0-5 on their West Coast trip. The Eagles have the day off. They'll get back to work tomorrow as they get ready to face Miami on Thursday. The Eagles will hold joint practices with the Dolphins this week in South Philadelphia. CBS 3 Eyewitness Weather. Hot and humid today. High of 90. Emails mostly clear tonight with low 69. It's 84 in Philadelphia. Get the story 20 minutes before and after every hour. For breaking news and scores, go to cbsphillysports.com and follow Sports Radio WIP on Twitter. 2020 Sports on Sports Radio 94 WIP. All right, Ray, so um, I'm trying to, to get through seven seasons of Game of Thrones. Well, six past seasons, and it's now in the seventh season, mm-hmm. which is 70 episodes, a project. I dived into, what, three, four weeks ago, and I was away on vacation for eight days and saw none. So I'm ripping these things off at least an episode a day. My wife and I yesterday, I had, I had pretty much a free day. We ended up watching two shows in the morning and then two shows last night. I'm up to season three, episode nine, which, I, again, I don't know much what's going on, but I know it's supposed to be a legendary episode I'm about to watch, oh. which is known as the Red Wedding episode. Oh. That's all I know. That's all I know. But I love the show. It's terrific. It's, the plots are great and intricate and beautiful. The acting is spectacular and and, and it's gory and bloody, and there's naked boobs all over the place. What's not to like? Hmm. But that's not what I'm here to review today, Ray. Oh, I thought that was it. No. Oh. On my, in my spare time, I've been watching this show on Netflix called Ozark. Danny Ozark? No. <laughs> not hardly. 
Story um, a story of a bumbling baseball manager who chain smoked in the dugout. You 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 get you get a pretty good run out of that. Yeah, well, no, it is not that. It's a Netflix attempt at a very high prestige show, which is what there are a lot of these days, and it's very popular. I, I I'm seeing a lot of people give it great reviews. A lot of people who I talk to on social media say, "Oh, you got to check this out. You got to check this out." So I made time over the last couple of weeks to watch five uh, or maybe six. I forget of the of the first season episodes. I've been watching it. Mm-hmm. It is Ray Walter White in the backcountry is really what it is. It's a Breaking Bad ripoff is what it is. Now, that's not in and of itself bad. I think Breaking Bad is the worst, is the best, excuse me, the best show in the history of television. The setup is this. Jason Bateman, good at you like him. Yeah. A uh, guy who I know more for his comedic chops, and this show is occasionally comedy, but not really. He plays a guy. He's a financial planner in Chicago, kind of very vanilla, seems straight-laced, but underneath it, he and his partner, um, financial guy, are laundering money for a Mexican drug cartel. Um, the partner is skimming millions off the top from the drug lord. He gets killed by the bad guys. Our guy, Jason Bateman, whose name is Marty, is about to get killed by the bad guys, but he is given a chance to live if he can recover $5 million for them in the next few months. So that's the setup. He's also being pursued by the cops. He goes, leaves Chicago moves down to rural Missouri and starts these various schemes and strip, strip clubs and all kinds of ways to launder money, but then he runs into organized crime there, so the wackiness ensues. Laura Linney plays his wife. She's great. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure you like her a lot as an actress, and she's really good in this. Yeah, she's, uh, I've seen her in many things, and she's, she's always very good. Right. Now, is she, is, is she a, a partner in crime in this, or is she, uh, I mean, is she helping him out, or is she, is she on, uh, I can't imagine her writing her character as being dumb enough to not know what's going on. Oh, no, she's not dumb, and she's no goody-goody herself. She's involved in various other things before he even gets caught. She was having an affair when it went down, so there's a real chill between the two of them, but they are partners in crime mostly to save their kids. They have two kids, and they want that to work. So like Breaking Bad, it, it's a lot about the effect of this on his family, they get uprooted from this ritzy Chicago background and end up in hillbilly country uh, where people are throwing dead possums in their front step. Um, so it's a lot about that. Here's the thing. There's a lot of southern stereotypes. The cops are right out of Smokey and the Bandit. Um, the bad guys are real bad. There's nothing too original about it. It is... This is another show you will not have watched, but it's Breaking Bad meets Justified. Um, okay. Okay, and I, I know you didn't watch it, but you're familiar with that show. Yeah, Timothy Oliphant was the Justified guy, right? Yeah, um, and it's like the whole idea plot arc for this show was conceived in a lab where they take plots of different shows and say, what if this meets that and we throw this together with a side of that? Mm-hmm. And that's really what it is. I think it's trying way too hard to be prestige TV. I think Laura Linney is great. I think Jason Bateman is pretty good. It's nice scenery down there as, you know, the boats go through the Mississippi River or whatever. But I've seen it all before. And there's so much great TV these days. There are so many brilliant shows on TV that if you miss this one, you'll be okay. Okay. Because you've seen it before. I give it a B minus. I know you do it on stars. I give it on letter grades. Right. I do it on a four-star system. I give it a B minus. It's it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. It's, it's you know some of it is pretty clever, but 
essentially, it's it's a ripoff of the shows that I know. And so that's my bottom line. Okay. And so there you go. Hmm. Let's talk to Chris. You're on 94 WIP. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Glenn. Good morning, Ray. Hey. First, first, Glenn, I have classes for you. I sent you a message on Twitter. I oh, you did? Oh, hey. What are you doing around quarter to two? Because I'm driving home. I'm actually going to be in Baltimore till tomorrow evening, but I live right by the stadium, so I'll be home by 7 or 8. I do me, up to get the glasses. Do me, okay, so um, I will follow you on Twitter. I'll send you my email, and we'll try to make it work, and you're the man. Yes, I have messaged you. We messaged back. So uh, that's the first point. So okay. I can get uh, you two, two sets of glasses. So, oh, you're, my wife will be delighted. So you're excited about this thing. Explain to Ray why, when this comes about, like, once or twice in your lifetime, you should make the time to stand outside and watch it? Well, first off, I get to leave my office for a couple minutes and not work. That's one. Yeah, I was hoping uh, for but, something uh, a little more compelling. Yeah, well, I have, I have a couple smaller kids that are into science, and it, it's something that they can see, and, if they're prob- and I'm probably never going to see again, being uh, in my late 40s. So uh, it's something I just want to experience with the kids, and uh, the last time it happened, I was seven, and I don't remember it. So I want, right. I want to see it. Ray, it's going to be this wonderful thing that goes entirely across the entire United States. Did you know, and, and hang in, Chris, because I want to get your football point. My brother-in-law and his, how old is my nephew, 14-year-old nephew, Mm -hmm. got in the car the other day. They're driving to Missouri. Hopefully they don't end up in the show Ozarks. They're driving to Missouri to see it at its maximum best spot. Hmm. And you won't even walk out of a movie theater. I I was just... I, I don't think I'm going to be in a movie theater, but I'm, I'm certainly not going to be standing out on the lawn staring up at the sun to go blind. <laughs> I don't, Ray. I don't, I'll just I, be doing something. I don't, I don't get know you what a little doing. bit. I don't even get you. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Chris. We can't move him. Well, yeah. Now, and the thing with uh, Ronald Darby coming aboard, uh, there was an article that uh, Howie Roseman said that we don't need to push Sidney Jones by another week or two by having Darby. Um, do you think Jones will be playing this year, and uh, could we be teaming those two up by the end of the season? I don't know. I mean, I uh, I, I saw the same uh, bite. Um, he was talking to John Clark before the game the other night, where he said that, and it made it sound like th- uh, that they were thinking Sidney Jones was on on the road to coming back this year. First, I heard it. You know, I mean, I hadn't gotten any indication that uh, that he was that far along in the timetable. They, uh, they have been completely quiet. Yeah, totally. It's not a word. Totally. I and there's a, maybe they, they expect him to come in. And that will be nice to see by the end of the year. Well, but here's, but here's the here, – I would offer this cautionary note on it. Don't rush him, okay? If, oh, if he's I mean, if he really, really is recovered and he's ready to play, great. And that's a tremendous bonus. Uh, but I would not accelerate the process and run the risk of putting him out there and, and blowing the thing out again. I mean – that kind of injury, an Achilles injury like that, especially at that position where there's so much stress on it with the quick starts, quick stops, taunt, turn. I mean, that's, that's an, it's a position where it's all sort of lower leg explosion, and it's a position where a guy could easily suffer that kind of injury. So you better be really, really sure that he's recovered before you put him back out there. I, I thought all along that there was no way you were going to see him this year. Howie's statement the other night makes me think that they might be thinking about bringing him along, but uh, yeah, I, I, cer- I, yeah, I, I certainly wouldn't lean on him to get there. If he gets there, great, but I wouldn't certainly, I wouldn't push it to get him there. Hey, Chris, I'm going to uh, send you a direct message uh, with my email. We'll get in touch, and 
Gosh, that would be so helpful. I appreciate it immensely. No problem at all. All right, thank you very much. I, I'm so excited about this solar eclipse. I can see you are. Um, I hope it's not. You remember Haley's Comet? Uh-huh. It comes once every 76 years? Yeah. Came by, what, was about 15 years ago? Mm-hmm. It was nothing. What was the problem with that one? The was problem it, uh, was... You, nobody could see it? It was a bad weather day or something? It was either bad weather day or it didn't come as close as they projected, and it's like, you know, we were supposed to have these magnificent showers of stars and lights and all kinds of things, and uh-huh. like nothing happened. Mm-hmm. The weather's supposed to be good on Monday. The weather's supposed to be very nice, yeah. So I think we may be in luck. Can't wait. 888-729-9494. Uh, we got some people got some good, stupid football bet ideas for us, which is good. We are taking those as we prepare for the season, Ray and I. Uh, we're at Delaware Park Racetrack and Casino on 94 WIP. This is Glenn Macnow. If you have prostate cancer, you should know about CyberKnife. CyberKnife uses painless precision in the fight against prostate cancer without surgery. Just five CyberKnife treatments instead of 40 daily treatments saves you time. Find out more online at phillycyberknife.com. That's phillycyberknife.com. It's your prostate, your cancer. It's your choice. This was a paid advertisement from Philadelphia CyberKnife, a service of Delaware County Memorial Hospital. Sports Radio 94, WIP, 2020 Sports. I'm Ed Benkin. The Phillies and Giants play again tonight at 9.05. You can hear tonight's game on 94 WIP. Coverage begins with leading off at 8 with Ruben Frank. Last night, the Phillies were blown out by the Giants five, by a score of 10-2. to two. They have now lost all five of their games on their California road trip. The Eagles are getting ready to get back to work tomorrow. They host Miami on Thursday in preseason action. Eagles and Dolphins hold joint practices this week, something Carson Wentz is looking forward to. I'm excited for them to come up. You know, I think uh, I mentioned it earlier in the week, just with training camp, you're going against your own team for so long. Um, practices just get to be long, and um, you start to figure out each other a little bit. So it'll be good for us to finally get some different looks from, from Miami and to get them up here. You can hear Eagles-Dolphins on Thursday night on 94 WIP. CBS 3, eyewitness weather, hot and humid today, high of 90. Mostly clear tonight, a low of 69. It's 86 in Philadelphia. Get the story 20 minutes before and after every hour. For breaking news and scores, go to cbsphillysports.com and follow Sports Radio WIP on Twitter. 2020 Sports on Sports Radio 94 WIP. The last solar eclipse to be seen on this continent in this century. And as I said, not until August 21st, 2017, will another eclipse be visible from North America. That's 38 years from now. May the shadow of the moon fall in a world at peace. And ABC News, of course, will bring you a complete report on that next eclipse 38 years from now. I want to thank everybody involved in this magnificent undertaking. It's been just great. We've had a lot of fun. This is Frank Reynolds in New York, and we'll have a complete report on the world news tonight. The Solar Eclipse, an ABC News special, was brought to you by American Express Traveler's Checks. Don't leave home without them. Reynolds in this a while. This has been a presentation yeah. of ABC News. Wow, that's so 38 years ago. So it was 1979, Frank Reynolds and, you know, the, the, alas, the words that stick with you in that are, may, when, the, when the moon next covers the sun, may the world be at peace. Mm-hmm. Not exactly right. No, it didn't quite work out that way. No, not exactly, but very cool. 1979. 1979. Pete Rose signs with the Phillies. <laughs> there you have it. There you go. 
On the scales of, of historical events, you know, the eclipse, Pete Rose signs at the Phillies, about the same. Uh, most people in this town would probably take the second. I probably would. Uh, Ray, as you know, we have the Stakem hotline now at uh, 94WIP, which you can access with the same numbers that you call us, 888-729-9494. Send us a good uh, text. We may read it on the show. And we have a couple of people that um, suggested some stupid football bets. All right. One suggests more sacks from Graham and Curry versus Long and Barnett. Actually, I don't want to. I don't want to do that. I, I, I don't want to choose from among them, but I think we can agree. Derek Barnett, second week in a row, looked very good. Yes, he did. Playing a lot against backups, but still, kids got moves. Kids got hustle. Whole defensive line. So far through these two games, looks very strong. Got a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Sure, got a lot of pressure on on Taylor on Thursday. It forced him into having a really, really bad game. But that's what they need. I mean, they need to get a pass rush and need to get a pass rush out of the front four, and they're getting it so far. And you're right, Barnett uh, was working against backups against Buffalo, but he got his sack against a starter in the Green Bay game. Uh, so um, uh, it'll be uh, interesting to see how he's used against Miami to see if they run him in there with the ones and let him go up against the starters because he's going to be taking those snaps during the season. I mean, he's, you know, the, the old concept of who are your starters and who are your backups, it isn't quite as written in stone as it used to be in today's NFL, especially on the defensive line. Everything is done by rotation, so right. everybody takes those snaps. So whether he plays the first snap or not, I don't think it's going to matter that much. At the end of the game, what matters is the total snap count. And this kid's going to play a lot. And I think you're already seeing that he's a guy who's really going to give something to the pass rush. Very excited about him. Uh, one other text on the Stakem uh, text line. Suggestion, Michael uh, McAnaris, if I pronounced it wrong, I'm sorry. Suggest stupid football bet. Over under 49.9% blown challenge flags for Doug Peterson. <laughs> It's actually not a bad idea. I'd think about that one. Not a hideous idea. I, I, would, I would think about that one. Let's go to Joe in Gilbertsville. You're on 94 WIP. Hello, uh, Glenn and Ray. How are you? Very Good. Well. How are you doing? Good, thank you. I, I've seen Pumphrey the first two games, and I knew it was smaller in size, but I don't really see the quickness that differentiates him from other runners. And I don't know if he's going to make the team. What do you think about that? No, I, I, no, he, no. Idea. Okay, no, he'll make the team. He'll make, make the, team. the team. Yeah, I mean, that's um, right now, yeah, they drafted him to be, I, I think they're kind of going to groom him to try and be the guy that's going to be the next Darren Sproles. Uh, Sproles is, I, I really kind of think this is his last year, uh, and I think they drafted Pumphrey with the idea in mind that, that he would sort of learn behind Sproles and he would become that player uh, next year. And so far, he's you know the, the two preseason games he's looked he's looked he's looked unsteady is the best way of describing it. He's he's been unsure and been fielding the ball. Uh, he didn't look good under punts in Green Bay at all. Um, but I, yeah, I I think he's going to be he's a good player. It's just a matter of I think him getting comfortable in the NFL. I I don't know the comparison that people are going to make is between he and Sproles. I don't know that that's it's a totally accurate comparison in that he's just. He's just much slighter than Darren Sproles. Sproles is short, but he's, he's, he's thickly built. This kid, is, this kid is small and skinny right down to the ground. If my memory is correct, they passed up a guy when they drafted him that you liked, a running back last name, Mack, mm-hmm. um, like Myron Mack, what's his name? 
um, Marlon Mack. Mack, who went just a couple picks later, who, again, it may not be you, it may have been um, Richie, but I thought it was you, was higher on than Pumphrey when they chose Pumphrey. Um, yeah. Marlon Mack went at the end of that round um, to um, Indy, I believe. And um, he was a kid from South Florida that I had seen play. And, uh, yeah, I kind of I liked him. I kind of liked him more if I had had the choice between the two. But I really do think they were looking in terms of that, of that kind of niche Specific. back, you know, the kind of guy that can do the kinds of things that Sproles can do. And, listen, if you look at this kid's career and his accomplishments in college, I mean, he did a lot. I mean, he, he graduated as the all-time leading rusher in college football. So that's no small feat. But San Diego State, right? San Diego State. Um, and, but so far here, you're not seeing the kind of quickness. You're not seeing the kind of burst. You're not seeing the kind of elusiveness that he's going to have to have to succeed at the NFL level. But, again, it's just two preseason games. Joe, what's your stupid football bet idea? Well, I think you could... You could choose which side you want to bet on. So, which would be greater by the end of the year? Made two-point conversions or made fourth-down tries? Ooh, interesting. Doug Peterson, crazy man. By the way, that's the aspect of Doug Peterson I like the best. The willingness to go for it on fourth down? To me, Doug Peterson remains a huge question for this year. If the debate is, will the Eagles make the playoffs, to me it's like, well, is Doug going to be any good? I'm not sold yet (laughs) at all. Yeah. But one thing I do like about him is I hate punting from the 50-yard line. Mm -hmm. And he'll go for it. Um, Well, actually, you know, there were two decisions to be made. There's the decision to go for it, and then there's the decision on what play you're going to run. Yes, (laughs) true. sometimes, Sometimes the problem exists with number two. I agree for all of us. Um, but I agree with you in that I like the gutsiness. I don't always like the follow-through. Yes, that's why I'm not sold on Doug Peterson. Mm-hmm. Um, I like um, uh, going for it. I like going for the two-pointer more. Mm-hmm. Was it last year? Was it Pittsburgh, I think? Went for it a lot. Went for the two-point, like, a lot in the first half. I mm-hmm. think it was. Mm-hmm. And to me, early in a game, absolutely go for the two. You would? Oh, yeah, a lot. If you think... Again, if your chances are fit better than 50%, and you, it, this is only if your team matches the description being able to do it, right? Yeah. If once the season starts, suddenly Blount can suddenly make his way through the middle and get those two yards, oh, yeah, I'm doing it. All right. Okay? Uh, you, clearly not. No. Okay, that's fine. No, I, 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 would, I would only go to the two-point conversion if it becomes in the second half a, a thing that you need to do it. Uh, that you you know that you need the two points. Other than that, I'm going to take the, I'm going to take the one. I'm just I'm just not inclined to start going for two early in games just to go for two. I want to I'll go for it if I have to go for it, but uh, I, I'm not going to do it otherwise. Yeah, I would do it. I'm not saying all the time. If I'm playing a team where I like the matchup, if I think I've got a good short yard game, if I think I'm more than fifty percent confident I can get two yards, you bet, absolutely. And I'd go for it on fourth a lot. That's the part of Doug I like. Uh, just getting back to Pumphrey for a second. Nothing impressive in the first two games. They're not going to come. They're not going to burn a draft pick and cut the kid. No. Um, but the running game hasn't figured itself out. Wendell Smallwood has been hurt, hasn't played yet. You don't make the club in the tub. Guess what? He, he better get on the field. Well, that's what I was going to say. I think he's <laughs> more likely to get cut than Pumphrey, to be honest with you. We'll see what he can do. 
They haven't used Sproles at all. They haven't yet used LeGarrette Blunt in a way that's impressive. And then there's Corey Clement, the undrafted rookie who's looked looked good. Kid from uh, Glassboro? Glassboro. Yeah, I know, I know he's from South Jersey. Um, had a touchdown, had a 24-yard run earlier in the game. Um, not necessarily good at blocking, catching the ball, so on. Is he a guy who might make the team, or is he this year's Henry Josie, Paul Turner, the guy that everybody falls in love with in the preseason, and then you never hear from him again? I don't know. I, um, I think a lot depends on Smallwood. You know, I, I, if Smallwood can't get on the field, uh, you know, he didn't show you so much last year that you're just going to gift him a spot on the roster. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not like he's established and uh, we'll, we'll just wait for him. He'll be fine. No, I, I mean, he, he had to come in this year and show you a little something. Uh, and so far, and not his fault. I mean, he's got a hamstring issue, which has limited him. But, I mean, he's got to get on the field and start competing. Uh, you know, Corey has done well in the opportunity that's been presented to him. He's, he runs hard. Uh, I mean, I don't know this for a fact, but he looks to me to be a little lighter, I thought. When he came in in the spring, he looked kind of bulky and heavy. I know he's a power runner, uh, but now it looks to me like he came back for training camp like he was a little bit lighter. He seems, he seems quicker. He still runs hard. Uh, and the thing that's kind of impressed me is for a guy at Wisconsin that was really just a pure runner, didn't catch the ball much, and certainly wasn't asked to pass protect, he's picking that stuff up. I mean, he can block, uh, and... I mean, he's never going to be Brian Westbrook catching the ball, but he's, he's catching it okay, better than I thought he would. I think he's pushing for a spot, you know, and, and if Smallwood doesn't come back and if Smallwood is still limited, I could see Corey making the team. I think the coaches are already starting to discuss that possibility. Pumphrey's safe. Pumphrey's not. He's. I know. I know. He he hasn't been. Yeah, he hasn't been impressive so far. I fully understand that. But they drafted him with a purpose in mind. He's he's on the roster. I think. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 